Second hour of VEASAN's Betting Across America gets you ready for everything coming up the rest of the day in Major League Baseball and the NBA. A little bit of NHL talk as well as I've got a couple of plays down the NHL card. Let's get you live both from Las Vegas and from Denver, Colorado, because here on Betting Across America, we discuss the lines throughout the country. We see where some of the differences are perhaps in what's available to my partner, James Salinas in Denver compared to what I can see right here at the South point in Las Vegas. James, I want to start this segment with major league baseball. And I want to discuss first, the couple of games that are just about to get started, make sure everybody has a chance to get their action in. And then one of the games coming up later tonight where I've, One of my favorite props that I've seen uh, thus far this year. Let's go to the Rockies and the Cardinals first. That game is about to have first pitch in about 10 minutes, 2.15 Eastern start. Colorado visiting St. Louis. Cardinals minus 180. Rockies plus 165. The total down at 7.5, which honestly is remarkable to see in any particular Rockies game. But then you look at the fact that this team's just not hitting the baseball this year. Uh, It has been... Whether at home or on the road, it certainly has been a struggle for this Colorado side. Uh, I know you are not getting involved in this one, but what's going on here with the Rockies? Because they seem to be settling in where we thought they would be as one of the worst teams in baseball. The Rockies have been dealing with this stigma of the home road split since they've since almost three decades since the franchise existed back in 1993, and they've been playing at Coors Field since 1995. And and obviously with the light, the thinner air here, and and all that comes with that, and it struggles more so with the pitchers. Yeah, the ball can carry, and the ball does travel here. Although they've been messing around with the humidor here for the last handful of years to try to combat that. But I think the other part is the struggle for pitchers for the ball. It just doesn't break as sharply here as it does, you know, at lower elevations. But the Rockies in particular, this year of all years, their home and road splits actually been pretty competitive at home. It's the road split that is the killer for them. Two and 12 on the road, Adam. And last night was the fourth time they've been shut out on the road in just 14 games. So, yeah, you're right. Not hitting the baseball. It's not driving the baseball, but also not stringing together hits, not having quality at bats, just a struggle on the road for the Rockies. So, yeah, I get I get why that total is crawling down. Looking at these two pitchers here, Chichi Gonzalez as well as Carlos Martinez, those are two pitchers that I usually try to bet against and would look towards the over in this case. But the concern I have here, and I wanted to make sure that we talked about weather. And thank you for sending me a, a better weather site than <laughs> no what problem. I had previously, right? Because I didn't think it was going to rain in New York for the Yankees game. And so I had gotten involved because I was betting on Scherzer for one. And that's what you don't want to do is if you're betting on pitchers, you don't want to have it interrupted at some point early in the game where if you have a long rain delay, you know your starting pitcher is probably not going to get back out on the hill. Now, in this case here, I would want to bet the over, even though we know the Rockies have struggled to hit the baseball on the road. Both of these pitchers are more of a bet against for me as Uh, definitely for sure. But what I don't want is I don't want to bet on these pitchers to get out there and get smoked. I want them on the field and I don't want a rain delay to impact that because I need them on the field uh, because I would want to bet against both of them to hit that total, which you said now is sitting at seven and a half. And that's pretty much what I see out here in, in Denver and Colorado consistently seven and a half as well. Juice to the over a little bit. I'm going to speed past the Pirates and the Cubs largely because not a lot to say about this game. It's actually a pitching matchup that we had last weekend with uh, Trevor Williams and Will Crow going at it. This game 
at Wrigley Field coming up uh, again in about 10 minutes for the start there. And let's get to the most updated numbers. Cubs minus 170, Pirates plus 175. Total sitting at eight if you have any interest in getting involved there. The game I want to give some time to comes later tonight. Dodgers and the Angels. We know that L.A., uh, the Dodgers, are beaten up. I mean, this team is suffering through injury after injury right now. They've lost four in a row. It's the last game on the card tonight. Dodgers are minus 144 with Clayton Kershaw on the hill. Angels plus 134 coming back with Dylan Bundy. Uh, first of all, James, any interest in getting involved in this game from the perspective of thinking that the Dodgers are not a team that should be losing four or five games in a row? Because I think that's going to be a popular theory out there is the idea that, well, the Dodgers are due, right? Not necessarily when you look at the way the Angels have been hitting the ball this year and the injuries that the Dodgers have had. And those injuries have precipitated Kershaw having to do his first regular season start on three days rest. So Kershaw has been really outside of the game uh, the other night and on Tuesday, we only got, he only lasted one inning, four earned runs, four hits, got knocked around Wrigley Field pretty good. Prior to that, he had had nothing but quality starts in those six starts prior. It had gone seven innings in three of them and six in two of them. So very consistent have we seen early out of the box for Clayton Kershaw. I just have concerns here when you ha- when you haven't done it before. Now, we've seen Kershaw go on three days rest in the playoffs, but different scenario where there's obviously a lot more adrenaline rolling through you as a, as a player when you're talking about postseason play. Now, a regular season game, yeah, they really need a great, great outing out of Kershaw tonight. Not only you mentioned the injuries, Bullpen has not been good for those that are not injured in the bullpen and have been stepping out on the mound. No consistency out of that bullpen outside of just getting tagged all season long for the most part. So not a lot to not not a lot of trust there. I suspect they're going to need Kershaw to do what he's done so far this season. Eat some innings, go a good six, go a seven innings here. I was looking at some of those props for Kershaw to do that, but the fact that this is going to be the first time he's had a regular season start on three days rest kind of threw me off of that. So I. Don't have a I, I don't have any kind of position on this game as of yet, Adam. So the angle that I took into this game was from the prop perspective. There are a couple of them. The one I like less that at least is a little interesting, if you like home run props, Mookie Betts uh, against Dylan Bundy. Remember, these two know each other from when Mookie was in Boston and when Dylan Bundy was in Baltimore. 41 career bats, four home runs for Mookie Betts, plus 345 to Homer tonight against Bundy. Uh, Something that if you're a home run prop player, I think at least makes sense to look at. But the one that I'm in on and... Quite honestly, I'm kind of surprised the number even is where it is. Mike Trout to get one hit tonight, minus 145. Now, when we talk about props, James, you and I talk all the time about the fact that we don't want to be laying big money on props. That being said, Mike Trout has a hit in 21 of 28 games this year. He has compiled at least one in 75% of his games I'll pay minus 145 for that level of certainty. He this year has, I know this is a stat everyone probably hasn't heard of, but you know OPS on base plus slugging. OPS plus adjusts for ballpark when you come into uh, that equation. And even if you don't understand what that number means, the difference between Mike Trout, who is first in Major League Baseball for the fifth consecutive season in that stat The difference between he and J.D. Martinez, who's in second, is 40 points. The difference down to 10th place 
in that stat is another 33 points. Mike Trout is having a season that goes even beyond the norms for how amazing Mike Trout should be. And we're going to talk MVP odds a little bit later uh, in this show. But, uh, James, that is probably one of my favorite props uh, for Major League Baseball that I've seen this year, even at the price of having to pay minus 145. I'm sold. It makes total sense to me. I'm right there with you. I usually, and the props that I've been digging into, I've really been looking more so on the pitching side, right? Whether it's strikeouts or outs, really the outs piece is what I've been looking at and had some really good success early in the season so far. I don't know how sustainable it is because certain pitchers now, the market is starting to catch up to them and either the outs are increasing or the juice more so. And, and me being the frugal better that I am, not the discipline better, but the frugal better when it comes to having to lay juice, just, I'm really Really averse to that, so I'm not sure how long I'll be able to to sustain these pitching props that I've been digging into. But absolutely, you're talking about Mike Trout and what you just said. I'm sold. I'm buying. Let's fire. I, I love it. I love it. Talking into it right here on the show. Uh, let's get to some baseball games that you have an interest in that I know from uh, from my little cheat sheet here. The Blue Jays are visiting the Astros tonight. That's Christian Javier for the Astros. Stephen Matz. For the Blue Jays, Astros minus 144, Blue Jays plus 134, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern start with a total of nine. Another pitcher prop here that I'm looking at for Steven Matz. Now, that not a, not somebody that I'm looking to say I'm backing him because he's one of these guys that's going to have to deal tonight. But I think for the Blue Jays, that, that bullpen's really banged up right now. So they're very thin on that bullpen, and they've been hit pretty hard recently. So that bullpen got called in early yesterday. Stripling couldn't get out of the fourth. So there's been a lot of innings that, it, that the bullpen's had to come in, knowing that it's very thin here. Uh, this is where I went with this game. I went with Steven Matz. He's going to have to go out there and eat some innings, and that means he's going to have to work through some jams, and they're going to allow him to have to work through some jams to get through some of these innings because now I think we've finally seen the Astros lineup banged up early, COVID issues going through that clubhouse. This is as good as this lineup has been all season long as far as health is concerned. Saw them hit the baseball the last couple of days here. So with Steven Matz stepping out there, I think he's going to have to eat some innings, and in this case here with the Astros hitting the baseball the way that they do at home this is the out that I, the the angle that i found rather than going innings with mats feeling like they, they do need him to eat some innings but in this case with the innings eaten that he's going to have to get out there and get some outs and and throw the ball opportunities for runs for the astros so i found what i was looking for the earned runs on steven matt sitting at over two and a half earned runs in this game sitting at a dollar 20 i went ahead and laid that juice too so over two and a half earn runs for Steven Matz, just feeling like he's going to have to get out there and throw some pitches and work through some jams. And if he gives up some runs, they're going to let him do that because they need to keep that bullpen in the pen tonight for as long as they can do the Blue Jays. Philadelphia visiting Atlanta. That's Vince Velasquez against Ian Anderson, where it is a minus 158 price on the Braves, plus 148 Phils coming back. Total up at nine. Not surprising. Both of these teams have been pretty reliable to the over this year. 7.20 p.m. Eastern start. Which way are you going here? I'm looking at another pitcher prop here with Ian Anderson to go over his out total sitting at 15 and a half outs. That one was another one that I had to lay some juice on it for a dollar 25. I was kind of surprised the the number was as high as it was here in this game for the Braves, but looking at what the Braves have done, here's another bullpen has not pitched well so far this season. They've had to use eight relievers the last two games and in particular last night because they had to get to the first inning. Charlie Morton couldn't get out of the first inning last night for the Braves. 
Braves. So here's another one where I feel like Ian Anderson is going to have to eat some runs going or eat some innings going into this game against the Phillies, and they'll let him have to work through some jams. I didn't like the the price point that they were laying on the earned runs here, but as far as the outs go, I think we can easily see Anderson getting in to that sixth inning here. So it's currently sitting at 15 and a half outs to Ian Anderson. I bet the over laid the juice to it. All right, a couple of interesting pitcher props there from Mr. Salinas as we make our way back to the National Basketball Association for the late game, the one we have not discussed yet, uh, which I find interesting because we have two teams on the back-to-back here with the San Antonio Spurs and the Portland Trailblazers, neither team with an injury report submitted just yet, so we don't know exactly what we're going to get, but the Spurs... They're they're not completely out of it, but they're they're on the way out of it. And the Blazers might just have played their way out of the plane with that win over the Lakers the other night. I wrote it down early today. Blazers five wanted to grab Blazers five. By the time I reminded myself to come back, it was already up to six. Two thirty two and a half is the total here for the late game in the NBA today. I missed the best number there, too, Adam. So I'm hanging out, too. I'm going to wait to see what this injury report looks like, availability coming in. But, yeah, big win last night for Portland. Now they are out of that playoff spot or out of that play-in spot and sitting in the sixth, like you said, uh, now jumped ahead of the Lakers. And here, just looking at the Spurs, the Spurs, this has been a really brutal schedule these last couple weeks. If you look and break down into their schedule here, they had lost five straight before winning at Sacramento last night. But prior to that, really struggling looking at this schedule i mean they this is going to be the final road game of an eight game out of nine stretch nine game stretch on the road here right so they had to travel of four two separate road trips one east one west coupled in with a, a game against philadelphia over the weekend last sunday now this is the final game here to play in portland but its schedule doesn't get any easier after tonight you talked about their hanging on to that last playoff spot in the west after tonight's game against portland yes back to back here uh back to back situation here off that win against sacramento but then following up with that monday at home against milwaukee then back out on the road again, out to the East Coast, playing the Nets back-to-back with the Knicks, followed by two more games coming back home. But you got to play the Suns over the weekend where the Suns are probably going to be looking to, to still compete for that number one seed in the West. So this is really just, to me, a tough spot. This is a really weary team right now are the Spurs banged up team two. Derek White is gone for the season and really DeMar Rosen has to carry this team offensively. Had a big game last night, but you know, he's getting a little longer in the tooth there as well. Played a lot of minutes. What are they going to have left on this back-to-back situation? Tough schedule going forward. Don't like the spot for the Spurs. Missed the best number with the Blazers, though. I'm going to wait to see what that number looks like. Maybe play an end game because I like the spot for the Blazers. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one and uh, I'm not sure even I would have felt great about the five, not knowing anything yet about the injury report and who might rest. But again, this is a spot where we talk about motivation and the Blazers still have plenty to play for here in ensuring they stay out of that play-in. So even in a spot where you might look and say, would they rest some key players? No, I I don't think that's going to be the case tonight. I think you're going to see the Blazers go full force at this thing with only a few games left to play and plenty of reason for them to let Dame Lillard and company get into their finest form as we get ready for the playoffs. NFL props are fun. NFL props where you combine two outcomes? Ooh, that's a different one. Let's talk a little bit more about that. We don't usually talk multi-props here on Betting Across America, but let's have some fun. 
we come back, that's on the docket. You are tuned in to Beeson's Betting Across America from Las Vegas and Denver. We are the Sports Betting Network. This week, between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, the Triple Crown is still the main topic of conversation on the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. Steve Kornacki of NBC News talks about his successful pick of Medina Spirit in the Derby, and he looks forward to next week's Preakness. So does trainer Mike McCarthy, who sends his Colt Rombauer to race in the second jewel of the Triple Crown. South Point's Chris Andrews will handicap weekend races. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available now at vsun.com slash podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. It's sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back into Betting Across America, everyone. James Salinas in Denver. I'm Adam Candy here in Las Vegas. Teased some NFL before the last break. James, our friends at BetMGM have some props with two outcomes on the NFL to talk about. And I'm going to run through these pretty fast for everybody listening. Uh, if you're watching at VEASAN.com, of course, you'll have the advantage of seeing them as well. Here we go. The Chiefs to win the AFC West, Pat Mahomes to win MVP 7-1. Ravens to win the AFC North, Lamar Jackson MVP 18-1. Jaguars to win the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence Offensive Rookie of the Year 16-1. Jets to win the AFC East, Zach Wilson Offensive Rookie of the Year 28-1. Cowboys NFC East, Micah Parsons Defensive Rookie of the Year 8-1. Colts to win the AFC South and Jalen Phillips to win Defensive Rookie of the Year 14-1. Now, Theory-wise, I think both of us are going to say that is a lot of risk for not maybe an enormous payout on some of these, right, where you have to hit multiple futures in the same ticket. But let's just say that someone gave you some free money to to play with this one here, James. Uh, are, are there any of these that you feel better about than others? I'll scratch the Jaguars and the Jets to win their respective divisions. That's not going to happen just because they've got new highly touted draft picks at the quarterback position rolling into the season. They are still rookies and there's a lot of holes on those teams. Hence that's why they got the number one and number two draft choices overall. I think I'll look down towards the bottom of that list. Obviously with the thing, well, let's move to the top with the chiefs to win the West. I still think they are the best team in the West. We'll temper that with all the rumors about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Broncos because obviously that makes that whole situation in the West completely different. But let's move down to the Colts here, the Colts to win the AFC South. I like them to win the AFC South. I think they're the better team. They're the best team within that division. Now, it's probably really the weakest division in all of football when you consider you have the Texans and the Jags within that, within that division. And I think Tennessee, we've seen the ceiling with the Titans, a lot of issues on the defensive side as well, can't get after the passer. I like the Colts to win the AFC South. So now you've got a couple that with Jalen Phillips. 
Phillips to to win the Rookie of the Year, fourteen to one. I mean, uh, uh, Phillips. I think we talked about thinking about rookies on the defensive side to win. Who's going to get splash plays? Whether it's tackles for loss, multiple tack, you know, high high tackle high tackle numbers, as well as being able to make splash plays in the backfield, sacking the quarterback. So does that fit what Phillips does? Yes, I think that's where looking at this list. That's probably where I'd be looking at Colts to win the AFC South, Phillips to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, sitting at fourteen to one. That's probably what I like best out of that list. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I, the one that really catches my attention is the Cowboys prop uh, because you take the Cowboys, who right now are even money to win the NFC East, and then you take Micah Parsons, who right now is the favorite to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year at 4-1. to one. And if you like both of those, then you're obviously getting a pretty decent return to push that up to 8. And I do think it's going to be correlated, and that's the thing you have to look at here. Which of these things do you think are correlated. You could, of course, look at Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP and the Chiefs to win the AFC West because the Chiefs winning the AFC West is highly likely and Mahomes is going to be an MVP favorite every year he's on the field. But with Micah Parsons to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, he has a lot fewer players to beat. And he also has, as we talked about, splash plays you just mentioned. Linebackers have won the Defensive Rookie of the Year more than 50% of the time over the last 20 years. So you take the Cowboys, who are to my mind, pretty clear favorites in the NFC East. They're even money right now. And Micah Parsons, who's going to be in a playmaking spot for that Dallas defense. If I were to combine two outcomes, those would be the two that I would want to get into. Otherwise, you just mentioned Jets and Jaguars. Why would you look at either of those two teams to win their divisions? Even with that big payout, it doesn't make any sense. And then you'd have to tie that unlikely outcome to another highly unlikely outcome with... Uh, you know, those players winning offensive rookie of the year. I don't know that it's even necessarily a sure thing if the Jets win the AFC East and Zach Wilson, you know, to win the offensive rookie of the year with Trevor Lawrence uh, with the ability to put up some stats in Jacksonville because the Jaguars could easily not win the AFC South and Trevor Lawrence could put up ridiculous numbers and win offensive rookie of the year. Good one. That's a fun one to talk about. We'll have more when we come back with some Major League Baseball awards odds. What do we think a few weeks into the season if we changed our minds on who we think might take home the hardware at the end of the MLB season? This is VEASAN's Betting Across America. You're tuned in to the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any of our show today or any of the VEASAN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VEASAN podcasts. You can catch up on Follow the Money with Mitch and Pauly, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line on the daily VEASAN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's Beating the Book pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights, PGA Tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing pod, and the NBA scoop with Jonathan Von Tobel on hardwood handicappers. Whatever you're betting, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vsin.com slash podcast. That's vsin.com slash podcasts. Welcome back in to Betting Across America from here in Las Vegas. Adam Candy, James Salinas is 
in Denver. Not a lot of live action to get you posted on right now. We're still in a rain delay in New York on the early game that was supposed to be the marquee matchup of Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber. A couple baseball games in St. Louis and Chicago just getting going. Nothing in the NHL or the NBA just yet. Uh, James, a couple of uh, Major League Baseball discussions that I'd like to have here where we have some MVP odds updated from the early part of the season from, uh, I'd say what we have is about six weeks of good, hard evidence, right? It's enough of a sample size that I can start to believe in what I'm seeing. It's not quick noise over the course of a couple of weeks. We'll go first to the American League MVP. And I I don't think it's going to be any shock where I fall on this, given the impassioned speech I gave about Mike Trout uh, earlier in this broadcast. But he is, of course, the favorite at two to one. Shohei Otani, who, of course, is ripping the cover off the baseball right now, is eight to one. Byron Buxton, uh, we only had to wait about seven years for the breakout, but it finally happened this year. He's nine to one. Vlad Guerrero Jr., another post hype kind of guy, at 10 to one. And then you get some longer shots down the board. For your money right now, is it pretty clear it's Mike Trout, or do you think Otani or Buxton or someone else has a case to be made? Thinking about Mike Trout, definitely what a special talent has has been for the last decade. So thinking about everything that he can do, all the tools that he has when he plays baseball out there, absolutely. I mean, that's why he's sitting there at just plus 200. Not enough price point for me to say, yeah, this is an opportunity here because to, to, to make some money and say, yeah, I think he's the clear favorite for sure. He is year in and year out. But you know, he, he pl- the way that he plays, he has been susceptible to injuries as well. We've seen that, right, and how aggressively he plays, how aggressively he runs the bases, how hard he plays in the outfield, going after the ball, diving for diving for balls, crashing into the wall, just a special talent. But two to one is not going to do it for me. I'm going to look further down the list. And looking at J.D. Martinez sitting at 20 to one is kind of interesting. Just thinking about, all right, where are the Red Sox right now? Think about the division that they play in. Think about where he plays and think about the fact that for the most part J.D. Martinez outside of some spot starts maybe in left field not very demanding position especially there in Boston he's going to DH so he's not going to be as susceptible to getting banged up on the defense you know when he's out there with the glove because he doesn't have to put on the glove very often and got off to a great start cooled off a little bit but he he's been he's one of those guys that is going to hit for average he has the ability to hit for power thinking about the teams that he plays half his games practically are going to be played in the American League East thinking about the also the stadiums that he's going to play in not only there at Fenway but the the launching pad that it looks like it is down and for the Tampa Bay Jays as well as we know what it's like in New York and as well as Camden Yards uh, I just feel like this is going to be a team that's competing all season long are the Red Sox obviously lead the, the lead the East right now by two and a half games off to a slow start early in the season but have really come on and J.D. Martinez was a big part of that I think we're going to see plenty of consistent at bats out of J.D. Martinez and the, particularly the way that he hits the baseball this team's going to be in contention all season long sitting at 20 to 1 i think that's the one that interests me most 100 percent with you on that for the reasons that you laid out and i of course as i told you a couple weeks ago i'm holding a 75 to 1 on jd martinez to win the home run crown this year because i think as they dh him and keep that wear and tear off him it will be something that will be very beneficial for him in the long run in the national league It's a little clearer, I guess, in terms of the -the down-the-board options, but not at the top. Ronald Acuna Jr. is plus 275. Fernando Tatis Jr. is 8-1. So is Jacob deGrom. Betts and Soto both at 11-1. Harper at 12-1. We get longer from there. 
see what you think about the case that I'm going to make here, James. Um, we have voted for Jacob deGrom as the Cy Young winner two years in a row. And he has been absolutely dominant in those years. And now he's going to probably put up even better numbers should he stay healthy and get back on the field quickly here. Um, I think a narrative award like the MVP is going to see momentum and hype for J- for Jacob deGrom building as this season goes on. But we also know it is very difficult for a pitcher to win MVP. So maybe give you me your thoughts on DeGrom as a potential MVP candidate as opposed to just a Cy Young winner. It's interesting debate thinking about DeGrom and and is he gonna be is he the most valuable player to his team there with the Mets? Absolutely. Is he the best pitcher in baseball? In my mind he is my concern now is we're seeing it, right? He's on the IL right now with the lat issue and saying his bullpen session, he's doing fine, but it's early in the season. And that's the one that's, that's always the concern, whether you're betting, uh, betting on a pitcher to, to win the Cy Young to stay healthy the whole season. Now it's just such a challenge. And, and I'm just have concerns just based on the health. Not that he's had a lot of issues over the years, but in this case, now it's already started creeped up a month into the season. That's probably my biggest red flag right there. And then the other piece that you talked about uh, more narrative for that to come out, that it's that, that it doesn't have to be a separate award in this case, where could the MVP actually be a, pitcher i think for somebody like jacob Degrom, absolutely he could be but he's also going to need to get out there and get 30 plus starts now that he's already on the injured list to start you know this early into the season this gives me a red flag to say i would bet it but i like the conversation to say why couldn't a pitcher win the mvp i think Degrom is fully capable as long as he's healthy we look at the guys who are around him in acuna in tatis in bets in soto and I don't see any one player among them who I think is going to have a season that is so far distanced from the rest of the players in that group that someone is going to stand out above DeGrom. And I think that's the thing. DeGrom is likely to stand out so much above the next pitcher, and we voted for him two years in a row as Cy Young, rightfully so, that I wonder if the way media hype tends to go around these awards, if they start to say, why couldn't he be the MVP the way Justin Verlander was a few years ago? I agree with you empirically that pitchers have an award. It's called Cy Young. And I think that pitchers should be largely kept to that award because there's a reason that there's a separate award for them as opposed to most valuable player. But the criteria allow for a pitcher to be voted. So I think it's a good discussion that that we will probably be having uh, as this season goes on. Of course, we have odds for AL Cy Young and NL Cy Young. We'll talk about those a little bit on the other side, as well as some NFL props about who's going to be the starting quarterback for some of these franchises that drafted QBs at the very top this year. It's Beeson's Betting Across America from here at the South Point.
Get in the ring with BetMGM and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on the championship boxing showdown between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and experience fight night with the king of sportsbooks. And don't forget to watch live on DAZN tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-889-9789 to the red line in Tennessee. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. We're wrapping up here on VEASAN's Betting Across America, but don't go anywhere because all of your in-game action is on the docket for Brady and West in the green zone. They'll carry you from noon here Pacific time all the way for the next three hours, but we still have a little business to wrap up. Adam Candy in Las Vegas, James Salinas in Denver. We were talking some baseball right before we went to break. Updates on what's going on here early in the game. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals have a 3-1 to lead over the Colorado Rockies. We talked about that total being really low down at 7.5, but uh, runs on the board for both teams on the early side here and still a threat going for the Rockies with Dom Nunez at the plate. Man on first and nobody out in the top of the second inning against Martinez. The Cubs have an early run there in the bottom of the first inning. one nothing. They lead the Pittsburgh Pirates a threat on Ongoing with Javi Baez still over at uh, third base now as a little injury situation going on at first. We'll have to get a closer look at what happened there when we come back. MVP races were discussed in the last segment. Let's get to Cy Young's where in the American League early in the season, it feels to me like there are only two real contenders here on the early side, uh, maybe three. Garrett Cole is plus 160, Shane Bieber's plus 325. If you think Tyler Glass now will get enough innings, he certainly has pitched the part four and a half to one. It gets longer from Lance Lynn on down the road from there. Garrett Cole's obviously been outstanding, upward of 60 strikeouts in less than 35 innings for Cole thus far this year. James, any change in how you think about the AL Cy Young race based on what the first six weeks have held? I like Cole, but price point again let's just let's have some fun with it right we're talking price point a buck 60 not enough for me to get involved right now you missed it when he before i don't know what he was to open and obviously it it was not much more than that he's been the odds on favorite it for for this season coming into the win the al cy young but let's just talk and go down the list a little bit here and i think one that was nowhere on anybody's radar definitely wasn't on my radar was carlos rodon so far this season has anybody pitched better than him at this point already has a no hitter to his credit he's just he's been almost unhittable at this point right 36 strikeouts in 25 innings pitched only given up two earned runs through the month of april nothing pitched another shutout last night shutout six innings so through through 31 innings two earned runs one home 44 strikeouts the guy's just been amazing i don't know where this is coming from outside of the fact that he you know the last couple years really hasn't pitched due to injury etc so the tired arm piece that's not really going to be there now how is he going to sustain this all season long 
don't suspect that would be there. He's sitting at 21. Fun to fun to talk about sitting at a, a 20 to one pitcher right now. That think about also where he pitches and the division. To me, that's the it's the weakest division in baseball. We're talking about the AL Central, uh, the teams that they're going to face with. The, we're talking about the Indians, light light hitting team, the Royals, uh, maybe exceeded expectations. I think there's some negative. There's some regression that's coming their way here as well as the Twins not really hitting the baseball this season and then the Tigers bringing up the rear in the AL Central and also the fact that he's not the ace there that was really Giolito and then even Lance Lynn coming over that was the tandem that was supposed to carry the White Sox so he gets to sit there and and not have the pressure of being that ace or that big time starter number two starter for the White Sox team here where I think eventually once they start getting healthy in that lineup again more run support here I just think it's interesting that the fact that the season that he's had so far uh not to be expected i don't think he sustains it uh but fun to talk about at this point here sitting at 20 to 1 just spectacular start to the season for carlos rodon well the thing to keep in mind i think with carlos rodon is that this is a guy who had a huge huge pedigree coming into the minor leagues i mean he was a player who was expected to be the ace of this white Sox team for a long time to come. I mean, went into North Carolina State and through to a 157. Uh, I mean, this guy was unbelievable all the way up. It's just been the injuries. It really has been the injuries, and the talent has always been there. Plus, you want to root for a guy. With the way he's come back, the no-hitter under his belt this year, if you want to place a bet at 20-1 to 1 and just feel like you got someone to pull for this year, Carlos Rodon uh, would be a guy to do it with unquestionably. In the National League, look, I need to yell at you people for a minute. So, James, not you. Talking to everybody else. Um, you people. I told you in the preseason when Jacob deGrom was sitting there at 3-1 to one, that the price was not going to get better than 3-1 to one on the guy who had won for two consecutive years because he is the clear best pitcher in baseball. Yes, he is shelved at the moment with a lat issue. He might not make as many starts as he was originally scheduled to, but you're probably still looking at at least 29, 30 starts for Jacob deGrom. He's gone from three to one down to minus 125. So if you want to bet him at the minus, then I can't help you. But Corbin Burns has been outstanding. Uh, Corbin Burns is 440 to one. And then you get into some of the more usual suspects, Trevor Bauer at 13, Aaron Nola at 15, Burns teammate, Brandon Woodruff at 18, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Yu Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, all at 20. All right. So now that I've now that I've gotten that off my chest, uh, James, I know you're not someone who's going to lay minus 125. So what else do you like on this NL Cy Young board? No, I'm not going to lay minus 125, not now, especially with uh, DeGrom, clearly the favorite. You missed the best number if you wanted to bet him preseason, sitting, like you said, at 3-1. to one. I, I just continue to dig down the list here and see, well, where what do we have down the list? The uh, pitcher like Scherzer off to a good start, had a really great start the other night. Hopefully this game gets going because I have him today against the, the, the Yankees in, in the Bronx. But maybe I, looking at 20-1, to one, Kershaw's been off to a good start. Can he sustain that for the entire season? without getting injured. I think that's the key here. You you look down this list here with Scherzer, who's had a history of injuries. Uh, same thing here with Kershaw. Even Darvish, for that matter. Darvish has gotten off to a good start this season, but he's always susceptible to injuries, too. Maybe it might be Darvish that I might lean on. Again, looking at the division that they play in the NL West, the ballparks that they play in, typically outside of pitching here in Coors Field, everywhere else within that division, pitcher-friendly ballparks for sure. Uh, but I'd be 
looking. It's just looking at numbers, right? Twenty to one. I didn't want to get some some value back from my bet right now because I don't want to bet against Jacob Degrom. I totally get it. I see why he's now listed as you got to lay money to win money here at a dollar twenty-five. I'm not betting against Jacob Degrom, best pitcher in baseball. The the one that I would take a shot with if I were going to take a shot at anybody is Trevor Bauer at thirteen. I think it's a good price on a guy like Bauer who is going to put up numbers for that team. And even though I think pitcher wins are a stat that needs to be fired into the sun, uh, Trevor Bauer is a guy who's going to rack up wins uh, consistently with that Dodgers team once they get healthy, once they get Cody Bellinger back on the field. Uh, Cody Bellinger running, uh, they say, 60% uh, right now. So he's still a couple of weeks away at the least. Over in the NFL, I love these props uh, and and and. I'm going to choose a bad word here. Props to Steph for pulling these and putting them into the rundown. Who's going to start at quarterback for this group of three teams in week one? They're all teams that went and drafted a quarterback in the first round. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo minus 280. Trey Lance plus 220. Don't set your money on fire with Josh Rosen or Nate Sudfeld. So Trey Lance drafted number three. Uh, but the Niners, on the other hand, have been fairly clear, at least publicly, in saying they want Jimmy G to start week one. We only got a couple minutes left, so let's get through these quickly here, James. Do you think Trey Lance has any chance to start week one? No, I think it's Jimmy Garoppolo and and working in. Now, when do we see Trey, Trey Lance on the field to start? I'm not sure. I think maybe they might design some interesting packages for him to come in for a series here or there, right? Because he is such a good athlete, too, and brings a whole different dimension to that 49ers offense. But Shanahan's offense takes some time to learn. Starting week one, definitely not Lance. Big price with Garoppolo, minus 280. Makes total sense. I think he starts week one. All right. In Chicago, Andy Dalton minus 170, Justin Fields plus 160. I don't know, man. I I, I wonder if Justin Fields has a decent camp, if they're going to be able to hold him off the field. I'm all about it. I think Justin Fields starts. Why wait? Why would you want to wait for him? You you finally, not only because of Justin Fields, that you've been having to, as far as the Bears are concerned, having to deal with damage control for the last handful of years of how you butchered the draft going with Mitchell Trubisky, and you finally got over it. You finally got past it, knowing he is not going to be your starter any longer, no longer with the Bears. Why wait? Is Andy Dalton, the, is that the piece that says, well, we're a playoff team. We'll let Andy Dalton beat us or lead us to, that, to, to the playoffs and work Justin Fields in it's a win now league not only from this standpoint that they need a fresh face at the quarterback position but this is the face of the franchise going forward no reason to wait i think he starts week one patriots cam newton minus 280 mac jones plus 300 this to me is the most obvious one james do we really think bill belichick is starting a rookie in week one no I think so, too. Same price point, right, with Newton laying 280 as Garoppolo. I, I'm right with you. I cannot see Belichick saying, well, let's go ahead and turn it over. We'll, we'll, we'll see Mac Jones at some point, but I think it's going to be more so based on the performance of Newton as opposed to feeling like let's get our next, uh, you know, our next quarterback in line and get him some reps here. I think it's going to be based on how Newton performs. If it's based on last year, his poor performance, his lack of accuracy, and we see he's just clearly Cam Newton, not the same quarterback that he was out there in Carolina. I think we'll see Mac Jones on the field in New England soon enough, but it won't be in week one. Cam Newton starts. There's a reason Mac Jones fell to be the fifth drafted quarterback in this class. It's because he's not quite ready yet. And I think Bill Belichick will give him a year to develop behind Cam Newton unless the season falls completely apart for the New England Patriots. For James Salinas in Denver, for Steph and Sean here in the VEASAN studios, I'm Adam Candy. 
Stay tuned. The Green Zone's coming up next. Brady and West taking you through the next three hours here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. <laughs> 